Okay, follow now as I read the first five verses of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 out of the New King James. It reads like this. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Jonas and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, or their folly will be manifest to all, as theirs also was. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God. This, ladies and gentlemen, endures forever. Now, guys, um, this is really a bummer of a passage, isn't it? I mean, uh, what nincompoop would choose this uh, for a text? I mean, d- don't show me that. Show me something that's uplifting and, you know, that's motivational. Um, am, I, am I the only one in here that thinks that you and I are, um, are living in a day that at least approaches this kind of darkness. Now, um, you you probably won't see this text used in the media. (laughs) Uh, And I know that maybe the the caricature that people have of the Christian church is that's, that's, um, they're just stuck in this deep, dark hole. And so they love things like this. Well, I'm not suggesting, ladies and gentlemen, as the text says, that we're in the last days. I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. I'm simply saying that um, we live in a world that is so wicked, it, and, it, and it seems to, it, it coarsens every day, it, it seems. There's something, there's some kind of new uh, spin on wickedness that you hear frequently. Um, and by the way, don't blame the Democrats or the Republicans or the Independents. Um, what's happened is is not a it's it's not a political thing, ladies and gentlemen. It's a it's the advance of sin, and um, and and it affects the world in which we find ourselves. And and so more and more we wake up to an, a new a new phase of wickedness, Um, a world so wicked and so hostile to anything and everything that is Christian. 
Um, in fact, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, would, I, I listened to a tape this week um, where the man said, you know, you've heard of the word postmodern. He said that we're in a day of posthuman. <laughs> we're, we're living in streets populated by animals, I guess. I, but, guys, I, I say all of that to simply say this. If that's even anywhere close to the accurate, it's really important for you and me to, um, to have times or to build into our schedule uh, some way to remind ourselves of his love for us, God's love for us, of the, of the intensity of that love for us, of the, of the demands of that love for us, of the, of the reality of that love for us. You know, guys, I, I'm not going to do real justice to this quote. In fact, I tried to find it. I Googled it all, well, not all week, but I Googled it several times and nothing would ever pop up. But I read somewhere, and it really, it really spoke to me, this quote, and, and, and this guy said this. He said, um, the reason that I scream, the reason that I keep on screaming is not to convince them but to keep them from convincing me. So, ladies and gentlemen, I say we must scream on to ourselves, if nobody else. But really, that's not my point. What, my real point is this. The one place where God screams about his love for us is at the cross of Jesus Christ. You know, um, we are engaged presently in a thing called worship. You know, that's what we're doing. It's kind of odd, it's unnatural, we don't do it very well. But we're engaged in this thing called worship at the moment. And, and worship is designed for us to express our love for God. But, but there are a few places in the New Testament where... where where the Bible proclaims God's love for us. Uh, Genesis, excuse me, uh, John 17, 23 comes to mind. Or, or there's a statement in John 13 where, where John, the apostle John, is described, and get this, this is so interesting to me. John is described not as the disciple that loved Jesus. He's described as the disciple that Jesus loved. Um, John wrote that. John was overcome by the fact that I am someone that he loved. It's not a statement of arrogance. It's a statement of real marvel. You, you see, what I'm saying is there's, in this thing in which we're engaged at, the very mo at this very moment, we're... Um, we're called to express our love for God, but there are a few occasions where God screams about his love for us. One of those, of course, the, 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 the foremost of those is the cross of Jesus Christ. Gang, um, you understand, I hope, that God's love for his people is not so much expressed in his provision for us 
His love is not so much expressed as in his guiding us and protecting us. His love is expressed for us in his dying for us. There's this, you're not going to recognize this guy's name. Uh, he's not a household name. His name is Richard John Newhouse. And uh, he said this, and I'm quoting, Something has gone dreadfully wrong with the world and with us in the world. At the end of the day, we're not only sick, we are lost. What we need is not a mere therapist. What we need is a Savior. And ladies and gentlemen, it is the cross that tells us that we have one. We have a Savior. So guys, in, in, in light of that, with that as a backdrop, I'm convinced that one of the gifts that God has given to his people is this sacrament. It's a reminder. In a, in a world which deluges us with a cacophony of voices trying to make us forget this thing called the Christian gospel. This little event in which we are about to participate reminds us all over again, very simply, very clearly, that God has sent a Savior to die for sinners. In, in, the, in the collection of all these messages that bombard us, this is a message. And it's a very poignant one. Within the, the flood of other messages, here's another one. And it says very simply, here is the method that I offer, says God, by which guilty sinners like me might be reconciled to an infinitely holy God. Guys, um, the world and all of its evil, all of its brokenness, all of its injustice, tends to drown out the message of the Christian gospel. And so we invite you once a month to come back in here and be reminded of a very simple message as illustrated in this sacrament. And here's the message. God saves Sinners in Christ. And that's what we do this for. Come join me as we, um, as we remember that message. Let's pray together. Our Father, I, I do pray that you will um, use this occasion to remind your people that though we live in a world that seems to have gone mad in its own sin, that there is uh, something else uh, that we need to never forget.
Never forget that, that, um, that there is a method by which people as wicked as I am might find forgiveness and relief. And so, Father, uh, use this simple sacrament to um, adjust our hearing aids so that we can hear all over again a simple, clear message that we call the gospel that God in Christ is reconciled and He loves everlastingly, steadfastly, sinners as wicked as we are. Meet us here, Father, for Jesus' sake. Amen. <clears throat> Guys, um, here at Grace Van, we, um, we don't have many rules. We try to keep rules to an absolute minimum. But there is a New Testament rule that we don't want to, under, to forget to mention, and that is, if you're not a believer, um, this is not for you. I would encourage you to stay away. We're so glad that you're visiting with us, and we hope that you'll continue to visit over and over and over again. But this sacrament is for the family. And um, if you wonder about that, come get me afterwards. I'd love to tell you more. But whether you're a member of this church or not, it matters not to us. If, you're, if you belong to Jesus Christ, this sacrament is for you. Member or not, we, uh, we trust that you will feel invited to be a part. I think you know the story. It was on the last night of Jesus' life when he, um, <clears throat> it's called the upper room, you know that, when he took bread, when he had broken it, he said this, this is my body, broken for you. So do this in remembrance of me.